I'm Charlie Hipwood, CEO of Mass Ventures. And I'm Stacy Swider, an investor at Mass Ventures. And we welcome you to the Fundable Founder, where we'll be exploring relevant topics for technology entrepreneurs to help them succeed in raising capital and in growing their businesses. As a founder who started and ran three companies, I didn't know what I didn't know when I first set out. <laughs> but you eventually figured things out, right? For the most part, through trial and error and mentorship. But now as a VC, I'm frequently advising entrepreneurs on the same topics. So Stacy and I are here to share that earned wisdom with you, along with the experts that we interview on a variety of subjects. We are. The roadmap to a successful startup is at your fingertips. So turn up the volume and grab the keys to success for your fundable founder journey. Okay, welcome uh, to another episode in our expert series. Today we're with Will Kidston, who's with Mass Development, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about venture debt, give us the venture debt 101. So welcome, William. Will. Great to be here, Charlie. Happy to help. Thank you. And, and Will and I have worked on a lot of deals together. A lot of our portfolio companies at Mass Ventures have also then in turn gotten venture debt from Will at, at Mass Development and and. Will and I work on a lot of the same deals, uh, but I'm sure a lot of founders out there uh, who are watching this are probably asking their first question. They're watching this because they don't know what venture debt is, right? So what is venture debt? Yeah, it's a question I get every day, Charlie, and, and thanks for the time today. So, you know, fundamentally venture debt is a shorter term loan that an early stage tech or healthcare company will take alongside a recently raised equity round of financing to further provide runway to that company to hit one or more operational or financial milestones prior to raising either their next round of equity financing or to becoming cash flow positive. Great. And so what's, I mean, what's the difference between venture debt and just a traditional, traditional debt that a big corporation might take on? Yeah, good, good follow-up. So venture debt is very unique where venture debt providers and venture lending banks uh, are pretty much the only lenders that will lend to a company that is producing negative cash flow. <laughs> okay. So we're very comfortable <laughs> alongside venture capitalists, family offices, high net worths, and understanding the needs of an early stage high growth startup. Got it. So in our space, right, companies are always burning cash. We can get comfortable with the management team, the underlying business model and fundamentals, and the growth trajectory of the company in order to provide them some additional capital via a venture debt loan. Um, and, you know, that's where we really differ, right? You walk into your traditional bank, if you're a business, they're going to want to see historical financials where you're profitable over at least the last couple of years, um, and even in secured financing like asset-based lending or revolving credit facilities against AR, in most cases, you're going to have to be profitable. So for this specific space, this is really the single tailored product that provides the most support to you know, an early stage high growth tech company. And so in the debt world, uh, from the lender's perspective, this is probably one of the riskier products. It certainly is one of the riskier products. You know, it's it's kind of akin to high yield lending yep. uh, in the public markets. 
where it's a, certainly a riskier profile. So the pricing is going to be a little bit higher than, you know, more traditional uh, lower cost sources of financing to historically profitable companies. Good. Well, that's a good segue into, you know, what are what are some typical terms that you see in a venture a venture debt term sheet? Uh, you already mentioned a little bit more expensive, but you know, what, what kind of terms are we looking at? So typically, you know, venture debt and venture lending kind of fall into those two buckets. Venture lending is going to come from a bank, i.e. a Silicon Valley bank. JP Morgan recently entered the space, Stiefel Financial, Avid. There's a number of new entrants uh, as well where they're financing their loans through deposits. Uh, that being said, you know, they are going to be much more conservative in their underwriting and lending processes because they are highly regulated entities right. that are lending with deposits. So if you're taking a loan from one of the venture lending banks, typically you're going to see interest rates anywhere from four to let's say 7% in this current environment with a small warrant kicker. Okay. A percent to three percent. Okay. Um, but those are going to be much more conservative loans and usually smaller dollars. And typically, those are only going to flow to companies that are what they refer to as sponsor backed. So it's a blue chip venture capital fund that has a relationship, a long standing relationship with that particular bank. And Got there's it. an inherent guarantee between the venture capital fund and the bank that the bank is going to be made whole in any situation. So that's silo one. Silo two is a private market venture debt fund. So these funds are seeded by investors with equity to then make venture debt loans. And typically those venture debt funds will also have leverage on top of their fund. Okay. And so those funds are going to be a bit more expensive, but they are going to be much more aggressive than the venture lending banks. And so their current pay interest rates are going to be anywhere from 8 to 11 or 12%. And they're going to take a much larger warrant piece, but still typically only 5 to, let's say, 10% of the loan value in warrants. Okay. Um, so in any situation, the overall concept of less dilution for the overall entity that's borrowing is still intact. Right. What about some of the other loan terms? Are we talking about maturity dates? Are these interest only? Are there balloon payments? Or what are the financial covenants that we need to be aware of? So I think every situation is unique, but from a very high level, typically there's gonna be some level of commitment fee usually 1% of the loan amount that's paid in cash up front. Um, in terms of covenants, uh, there can be anywhere from strict covenants all the way to no covenants. Typically, there's going to be some level of minimum cash that's held on the balance sheet as a essentially a minimum cash covenant. Um, sure. and that's typical in almost every venture debt deal. Um, the larger venture debt deals you're getting closer to more traditional lending. So they may have some, you know, quick ratio or current asset ratio type covenants in there. Um, but that's for things that are over kind of five, $8 million in size. 
Got it. Um, great. And so, I mean, in your mind, who is, what kind of company is, is venture debt appropriate for? Uh, I know you touched on it a little bit, right? We're talking about a company that's raising equity as well, right? And just needs extra dollars without the dilution. Uh, but what stage are we really talking about? Where, where are these companies and just what's a typical, what, what's the kind of the perfect box for a, <laughs> the type of company? Yeah, great question. So on the earlier side, it's typically going to be after a seed round has closed. And if it's a seed round, it's going to be something north of kind of $2 million. Um, and that would typically, if it is a seed round, you know, that would have followed, you know, a friends and family, probably some non-dilutive funding, a pre-seed round, and now they're raising kind of a true institutional seed round. And so that's on the financing side, on the kind of operational side, you know, you, you, have, you have to have at least an MVP, right? right? With some initial commercial traction, especially on the software side. You know, if you're deep tech, that may be a little different where you've got some NRE dollars or some JVs that are providing some, some funding to you. Um, but it really matters that a lender can look and see a clear line of sight to substantial revenue generation. And ultimately what gives us comfort is having at least three or four customers who are, you know, if they're not buyers right now, they're willing buyers and they're working with the company to make a product that's going to solve a substantial need for them. Got it. And then management team. So not only are we underwriting, you know, the product, the problem they're solving, looking at the financing history, but really we're underwriting the management team too. And typically that's one to three really influential members of the management team who are going to put this thing on their back and drive, drive the business to success over the next two or three years. And that will give us comfort that you know, we're going to get repaid ultimately, right? Because venture debt is a loan. And at some point, you're going to have to repay it. <laughs> exactly. So that brings me to my next question, which, you know, what are the pros and cons of venture debt relative to just why not you're raising 2 million of equity? Why not just raise four and, and not do debt or bootstrap instead of high growth? You know, what are when you meet with founders, what do you tell them? Like, hey, here's here's the benefits of venture debt, but here's the things you need to consider. Yeah, when we're, when we're meeting with companies, our goal is to find the right company at the right time so we can be most effective in pouring the gasoline of venture debt under the fire that is the company that we're, we're trying to work with. And so, you know, venture debt can be very helpful, right? It's non-dilutive. It's significantly cheaper in terms of cost of capital versus equity. Um, and it's also a great substitute for hard asset purchases, right? So right. if you are a deep, deep tech company, the worst capital allocation you can make is using equity to buy hard assets. Right. Uh, and so in those situations, it's extremely effective. But in almost any situation where you can get the right size of loan alongside an equity round, it really can be, like I said, that gasoline that gets poured on the fire. The cons are a couple of different things. One, you're going to have someone looking over your shoulder, right? You, you most likely have a board already that has one or two 
of your largest investors on it. Um, but you know, a venture debt lender is going to come in. They're going to make you professionalize your reporting a little bit more, right? Typically, it's monthly or quarterly financial reporting to the right. lender. Um, the bigger you get, there's usually audit requirements. For our fund, we typically require one year after we enter a scenario that the company goes on the path towards an audit and does what's called a review quality financial statement, which is financial statements compiled by an outside CPA that also feature notes. So, you know, one other benefit that venture debt does bring to an organization is it puts you on a path financially to get, yep. a, get your house in order, right? right? And larger venture capital funds want to see that your house is in order when they're doing due diligence or else they're not going to get comfortable with the story, right? If the numbers, the numbers aren't good, you know, nothing else is going to be good in their, in their viewpoint. Um, right. But you mentioned, you know, the board of directors in there. It is important to also note that to founders that, um, you know, you need to get your board's approval before taking on venture debt. That's nope, going to be no almost any, any documents. So the venture debt is always senior to the preferred equity, right? And so um, you have first claim on assets uh, in a liquidation or elsewise. And so your board who are your and your investors need to approve uh, taking on that venture debt. And, and that's a good point, Charlie. And that also typically includes any intellectual property that the company holds. And so, you know, one of the questions that we get a lot is, you know, what happens in the downside scenario? Well, in most cases, the lender is there to work and help, help the company stay alive, right? It's only going to be after an extended period of time where, you know, essentially the board and the investors have said, there's nothing more we can do right. that a venture debt lender is going to take any form of recourse in order to get paid. And, you know, in the history of our fund, which is over 15 years now, we've only had four workout situations, right. over 65 deals. Um, and so it's very rare, um, <laughs> but it does happen. And it's something that, you know, founders need to be eyes wide open on, right? It's, but it, it's not the scenario you want <laughs> going, no, as, as no. the lender. You don't want that. No, no one, no one wants that. 61 deals. Yes. So no one wants that. So you're working with the founders to, to not lead to that scenario where you have to take over the keys to the business and Correct. work it out. So, yeah. And, right, and so, especially, especially in our fund, right. Being an economic development agency, we're going to take any remedy possible to avoid that scenario. Right. Right. We just, truly are here to help. Exactly. Well, I was just going to ask, you know, what, what makes mass development different from, you know, you mentioned the JP Morgans and SVBs and others, what makes you different? And, and we'll end on that. So what makes us different is really our structure and our risk appetite. So we are true risk capital, right? And we're here to fill the gap in the innovation ecosystem where a company would only be able to access equity. And obviously equity is very expensive. So we can come in, fill that funding gap where even a venture lending bank or a private market venture debt fund wouldn't be interested, right? The company's either too risky, it's too early. The product or the sector is too new 
yep. which we come across a lot as well. And so we can come in, provide some additional capital, get that business, the resources it needs, people, machinery, equipment, leasehold improvement, raw materials, you name it, we can probably finance it. Um, get those in the hands of the founders and get them on the, the path to success quicker. And then later on, you know, maybe one of those private market actors will come in and provide a larger loan than right. we can typically provide uh, or a loan that's on somewhat better terms. Or in a lot of cases, it's, it's frankly a traditional bank that, yep. you know, is now comfortable with the situation given the company's progress since our involvement. So that's where we're a little different. We're also a little different in that our loans are longer than a typical venture debt loan. Right. So we're five to seven years in length. Wow. A typical venture debt loan is three to four years in length. Okay. And so that's a, that's a major differentiator for us. But all in all, you know, all of the venture lending banks and all the funds, they're all typically industry agnostic. Um, they may have sector specialists inside their funds uh, or the bank, but, you know, they play everything from, you know, pharmaceuticals all the way to SaaS and everything in between right. uh, where, you know, in the venture capital community now, everyone is so focused. Yep. Uh, we're, we're all still pretty general, general in our approach. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you, Will. Uh, I certainly learned a lot about venture debt uh, and I hope, I know that uh, our viewers will as well. So thank you and hope to have you on uh, some future episodes as well. Yeah, this was great, Charlie. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fundable Founder. Please go to our website at mass-ventures.com for more information on Mass Ventures and where you can also find other episodes just like this.